Hi, welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast, where we attempt to equip people for kingdom release. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. Good Sunday morning. My name is Pastor Larry, and I'm from the Salvation Army Church in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And today I'm excited to bring the Word of God to you wherever you are, whether you're driving down the street or in your living rooms. I pray that this time will be refreshing as we break bread together. Uh, This week, I want to speak on the topic of refocusing our perspective. And so this morning, I want to be, I want to take us through a journey through Matthew chapter 8. But before we get there, I'm reminded of a story that I love. It's Peter. Peter is in a boat with the disciples in the midst of a raging storm. And what what I love about this story is that we see these, these disciples and Peter, they see a figure out on, walking on water. And immediately they think that it's a ghost, as the Bible tells us. And so as this figure gets closer and closer and approaches this boat, they realize who this figure is. It's Jesus. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's just me. And Peter says, he gets up and he says, if it's you, then command me to come to you. And I want you to notice something in this passage. Jesus says one word, come. And so Peter takes a step out of his boat. And for Peter, this was a step into, uh, into the unknown. It was a step into uncertainty. It was a step even into chaos in the midst of this raging storm. And for Peter, this was a step, his first step of faith. You see, and as Peter steps out of this boat, his focus is solely on Jesus. Nothing else going on around him. He's not focused on the storm. He's not even focused on the fact that he's walking on water. He's focused, his gaze, his perspective is on Jesus. But the Bible tells us that once Peter saw the wind, the Bible says that Peter began to sink. And many of us, we go through seasons in our lives and we experience great trial and circumstance and, and we feel as if we're like Peter, we're sinking and maybe drowning. And so I want to ask you this morning, how strong is your faith when the wind and the waves distort your view of Jesus? I want to ask you that again. How strong is your faith when the winds and the waves distort your view of Jesus? You see, the problem that we each face is that oftentimes we, found our, we find ourselves like Peter sinking. We sink in our, in, our, in our doubts and in our fears because something happens when our perspective that was once on Jesus is now on the chaos around us. Like Peter, we find ourselves sinking in fears and doubts and uncertainty and in the chaos that you may be experiencing in your life. Maybe we're so consumed with the chaos that's going on in our world and even in our nation. And if we're not careful, church, we can, we can start to focus on everything but the one who heals, but the one who redeems, but the one who saves and the one who restores. So this morning, what I want us to do, I want to walk through another story of the Bible uh, together. It's found in, in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter eight. And this story of the Bible tells us, uh, of, of the opposite of what happened to Peter. 
and what he had done in the midst of his own chaos that came his way. Because instead of taking his eyes off Jesus, through the winds and the storms that rage in our lives and our world and even in our nation, we see someone else who chooses to take his eyes, his perspective off of his own chaos and refocus his perspective on Jesus. Which leads me to uh, my big idea for this message. My big idea is simply my main thought that I want to drive home. And it's simply this. We are called to take our perspective off of our circumstance, but we focus our perspective onto the healer. So that's it. Taking our, our, our perspective, our focus off of the concerns, off of the trials, and off of the stuff that life throws at us. And we focus on Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8. And I want to look at just verses 5 through 13. And this is the story of the faith of the Roman centurion. The Bible tells us in verse 5, When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I, he, and he said to him, I will come and heal him. But listen to what the centurion says in verse 8. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you to come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, when Jesus heard, heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such great faith. Verse 11, I tell you, many will come from east and west, and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into utter darkness. In that place, they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But verse 13 goes on to say this, And and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you just as you had believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And so what I love about this story is the very first thing that is happening here is that this is a call to refocus your perspective. Again, I want to I want to bring your attention to verses 5 through 8 because as the as the Bible tells us, when he had entered Capernaum, Jesus was now entering into the city called Capernaum, and a centurion came forward appealing to Jesus, begging him, "Jesus, my servant in his home laying paralyzed, and suffering, suffering terribly, and Jesus uh, just says, "Okay, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll come to your house and I and I'll heal him." But the centurion replies, "Lord, I'm not worthy to have you to come under my roof. But if you just say the word, this is faith, church. If you say the word, it will be done." You see, how many of us have been in situations where we didn't know what else to do, but we were so desperate to seek help that we needed. Because in this story, we have a Roman centurion. He was a high-ranking Roman official whose job was to oversee at least a 100 men in the Roman army. And, and at this moment, he's so consumed with his own chaos, with his own storm. Just as Peter stepped out of that boat and walked on water in the midst of this raging storm, the Bible says he 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 he. He took his eyes off Jesus. He, he saw the wind and he began to sink. But for this one moment, the centurion only had one other option. 
to stop looking at his own storm, to stop looking at the waves that were crashing around him, to stop looking at the, at his servant that was suffering terribly, but to refocus his perspective on Jesus. Why? Because he knew who Jesus was. Jesus was his healer. Jesus was the restorer. He was the cell. He was the, he was the savior. You see, we don't know too much about this Roman centurion except of his faith. And so, out of complete desperation, the centurion essentially says, listen, I have, I have no other option. I'm going to turn my back from my servant so I can search and seek the healer. I'm not going to look at the, at the things that, 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 that are concerning me right now. I'm going to refocus my perspective on Jesus. And so as Jesus enters the city, the Capernaum run, this, uh, uh, the centurion runs to him and says, will you heal my servant? Jesus says, absolutely, let's go. And again, I want, I want to take you back to verse 8. Because it's a centurion that says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you to come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. He doesn't say my servant may be healed or might be healed. But if you just say the word in faith, I believe what you and only you can do. You see, again, this Roman centurion knew who Jesus was. He knew Jesus as healer, as redeemer, as savior, and as restorer. You see, I, uh, I, I'm reminded of, of my childhood. I, I loved puzzles. Uh, maybe maybe you're, you're at home and you have a table that you're working on a, on a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. And so every time I would put together a puzzle, I would only focus on one piece. And I would try to put this puzzle together around that one piece that I was so fixed and focused on. What I failed to do and what I failed to miss was by only focusing on that one piece, I was missing all of the other pieces that were around me. And I, and because I was missing all of those other pieces, I failed to see the bigger picture. And maybe you're in an area in your life, maybe we're in a spot as the church where we're not experiencing healing because we're so focused on what's going on around us. We're so focused on that one puzzle piece. We're so focused on that one concern, that one trial. So I love what James chapter uh, 1 verse 2 says. It's a challenge for us. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind, because the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. But here's the, here's the truth. If we're only focused on, what's the, on that one puzzle piece, if we're so focused on what's going on around us, then we're going to miss Jesus. We're going to miss the healer. We're going to miss the restorer. We're going to miss the savior. You see, I wonder, church, if we're willing to take that step of faith. And for some, it's that first step toward healing and restoration. To refocus your, 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 your perspective, not on the things that are concerning you, that are consuming you, but to refocus your perspective on Jesus. Listen, it's so easy to only focus on what's happening around us. It's so easy to focus on the hurt, the pain, the, the, what's going on in the news, how divided our nation is, the pandemic. But I wonder, can we still see Jesus when he enters into our seasons, when he enters into our own circumstances, when he enters into our own chaos? Because this is the beauty of this passage. Jesus is entering into Capernaum. 
You see, we we, we live in a in a town of of what forty seven thousand people, populated. There's a lot of other concerns. You see, we may think that our our concerns, our our circumstances are the biggest. Just as compar- just in Capernaum, there were families going through some stuff. There were people going through some stuff. There were people losing their jobs. You know, there are people struggling. But Jesus enters into this city filled with stuff, and now this centurion, this high-ranking Roman official, is allowing Jesus to enter into his enter into his chaos. I want to encourage you today to invite Jesus into your chaos, into your concern, into your circumstance, into your trial. Maybe you're going through some things with your family. Let Jesus enter that. Maybe you're struggling with some things in your life that are just ugly and you don't want people to see it. Jesus wants to enter into that. Why? Because he loves you and he wants to heal and restore what is going on in your life and in your season. But here's the truth also. For us to refocus our perspective, we also have to understand who's in control. Let's look at verses 9 through 10 of of Matthew chapter 8. Because the centurion replies to Jesus, For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, to those who followed him. Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such great faith. Again, here is a Roman official who oversees a hundred men of battle, whose job is to basically give orders, submitting to the Lord. And, and now this and now this Roman centurion is finding himself submitting to the lordship of Jesus. For this Roman official, he's he's under he's under the authority of Caesar. But we also know that he has men and servants who are under his authority. So he understands the chain of command. And now he under, he understands the spiritual chain of command. When he says, "I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me." And I say to one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he'll do it. You see, the centurion also knows who has his circumstance, his pain and his worry in the palm of his hands. He knows who has control over his storm that's raging in his life. Listen to what David says in Psalm 139, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. It's Jeremiah that says in Jeremiah 29, 11, probably a very familiar verse to you. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. You see, for both David and Jeremiah, they knew who God was, but they also knew, they also know what God can do. For David, it was it was knowing God, knowing when he sits and when he rises, when he knows his thoughts. God, you know me. You have searched me. For Jeremiah, it was knowing that, that God's plan for his people were, are, are not to, to destroy them, but to prosper them, to protect them, to love them. You see, how many of us try to do things that we simply can't do? Maybe we try to lift something that we can't lift 
Sometimes we try to fix something that we just know we we know that we're no good at fixing. Maybe we try to do something that is beyond our own skill. You see, we often understand our limitations sometimes, but we also know our limits and we know our capacity. But we but do we know the one who is above and beyond our our capacity? You see, this Roman centurion he could have found other doctors. He could have found other religions to to, to find healing for his servant, but he chooses Jesus. He knows Jesus. He's heard Jesus. He's heard of the miracles of, of Jesus. You see, again, for the centurion, he knew that there was nothing that he could ever do to bring his servant healing, but to turn and refocus and to experience that healing directly. You see, we can look at the things that are broken in our lives. We can choose to focus on the trials that's going on around us. But I want to tell you today that once we understand the authority in which Jesus has and begin declaring him as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, it's then that we will see victory. It's then that we will experience healing. It's then that we that he will be all that we will ever need him to be and do what we need him to do in our lives and even in our church. The last point I want to touch on as we as we finish this up is verse 13. Because not only does the centurion um, is he forced to refocus his perspective, not only does he know who's in authority, but he also is experiencing healing in the midst of his chaos. Listen to this in verse 13. And to the centurion, Jesus says, Go, let it be done for you just as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Just a few moments ago, this centurion was overwhelmed by the weight of this servant whom he loved, who was suffering greatly. And now he's experiencing healing that he's, that he, that he never would have thought possible. What are the chances of Jesus coming into his city at this moment of great need? But there it is. Jesus enters into the season of chaos and enters into the season of, of, of a raging storm in the centurion's life and now he brings uh, healing and restoration in the midst of, of, of chaos and, and great trial. You see this miracle could have been done without the centurion's faith but Jesus chooses here to, cho- uh, to use this opportunity to demonstrate what faith looks like but also what faith can do. It brings healing in the chaos. You see the Bible talks a lot about faith. And sometimes we go through those storms and circumstances and we don't always see what God is doing. We don't always see how God is working. We don't even see how God is fighting for us in the midst of our own circumstances. But the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, it is the Lord who goes before you. I just want to declare that over you this morning. That whatever chaos is, is infiltrating your life right now, it is the Lord who goes before you. Somebody just say amen where you are. It is the Lord who goes before you, and he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you, so do not fear or be dismayed. But the Bible also tells us in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you? God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Here it is. Wherever you go, faith changes everything. Faith changes everything. If you would just have a, the Bible says, if you just have a faith as tiny as a mustard seed, then you can say to this mountain, be moved into the sea and it will be moved. I want to ask you this morning, where's your faith? Where's your faith in the midst of the storm? I want to go back to the story of Peter because once Peter sinks after he sees the wind and the waves and, and all of, and now this storm is just distorting his view of Jesus, Jesus reaches down and pulls Peter up and he says, where is your faith? I'm going to ask you that this morning. Where is your faith? Do you see Jesus working in the midst of your circumstance? Do you see Jesus moving in the midst of your trial? Do you see Jesus fighting for you? You see, I, I believe that where you are now is, where, is, is, is the place where God has for you. It may not be good. It may not be pretty. It may, it may be ugly. It may be terrifying even. But God is preparing you for what's ahead. God is preparing you for the next battle. God is preparing you for the next trial and for the next storm, for the next circumstance. You see, I believe that God is working throughout even this global pandemic I believe that God is working in the changes that have affected even the church. I believe that God was even speaking during this uncertain time. But the question is, did we choose to take our perspective off of the storm? And do we still see Jesus in the midst? For Peter, he took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. But for this Roman centurion, he takes his focus off of his circumstance and he finds healing. And so this morning, I wonder that through the chaos of this past year, through the political divide, through the global pandemic, and through the storms that are raging even in your life right now, in your family, in your job, in your schools, whatever the case may be, I want to ask you, do you still see Jesus? Do you still see him working? Do you still see him moving? And the second question is, are we allowing him to work all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose? Romans chapter 8, 28. Church, I want to tell you today that God is bigger. He is bigger than your storms. He is bigger than COVID-19. He is bigger than politics. And he is bigger than your biggest circumstance that you may be going through right now. God's got it. I want to tell you that. I want, to, I want to proclaim that over you. God's got it. We just need to shift our perspective. God, I'm not going to allow these things to consume me anymore. Through the storm, I'm going to focus my gaze, my perspective, my heart on you. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to have my eyes fixed on you. It's a shifting church. It's a shifting of perspective. But I'm going to promise you, it will change everything. It forces, because, because a shift of your perspective requires faith. And as I said before, faith changes everything. We just need to shift our perspective off of the temporary and onto the eternal.